Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I spent this week in Indianapolis for the annual NFL Combine. I'm talking to you right now from the Washington, from the Indianapolis Convention Center, where so much of this league's uh, events are happening this week and where the entire league has gotten together ostensibly to talk about draft prospects um, ahead of April's draft. But really, it's a chance for the entire league to get together on some level to really sort of catch up and for teams and agents and others to get together to discuss maybe it's players in the draft maybe it's people in free agency maybe it's possible trades maybe it's discussing what's going on with your own free agents like in washington's case uh jd mckissick bobby mccain deandre carter danny johnson cam sims but brandon sheriff obviously and others um we're going to get to kind of all of that uh, and more, but we're going to talk uh, first. We'll talk with our friend Logan Paulson, former Washington tight end, who's now analyst in the local market. He happened to be here. We just started talking about quarterbacks. I said, "Hey, let's have you on the podcast." So we got some thoughts from Logan Paulson on what does he think of these quarterbacks, but also what did he, what did he think of their podium sessions? How did they handle themselves in public, from Malik Willis and to Kenny Pickett and others? So we'll we'll get to Logan Paulson, a fun conversation with him, and then of course. At those same podiums, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew spoke over the last couple of days. They also had a side session with local reporters, but also a bunch of other people talked. You had GMs and coaches from around the league, and so many of them are in this quarterback discussion one way or the other. Either they have a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers who could be on the move. They also are in Washington's case looking to get a quarterback. To help me break down all of that, plus Terry McLaurin's situation, Landon Collins, and other Washington topics, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post, who, of course, you can follow on Twitter at Nikki, N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A on Twitter. You can read uh, her stuff in the post, um, but you can listen to her or her and I talk about everything kind of going on with this team, what Ra- Rivera and Mayhew had to say. Uh, it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, it has been a long week already in just a few days. There's a lot going on here. Um, the social scene is fun, obviously, just because it's a social scene. But it, there's a work component to all of this as well. And Nikki and I talked about that for sure. So we'll get to all that and more in a second here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can subscribe to anywhere you do your podcasting. And also make sure you subscribe to my written work over on The Athletic. And we'll have more to discuss about the Combine once it is all over, we'll get to that at the beginning of next week. Player workouts are still are going on. And once all that is done and the medical testing and so on, that will help probably reshape some of the draft boards out there. And, and that will give us a better feel for the draft. But also we may get some more ideas or at least some rumors out there about what's going to happen. Maybe not so much in, in free agency, which starts mid-March, but possibly we get the quarterback market moving. I don't know. We'll have to see about that but there were some interesting comments made this week from the various executives and coaches around the league some were very you know kept things very close to the vest others like chris bauer to indianapolis talking about carson wentz or pete carroll the seattle talking about russell wilson were a little more explicit about their deals in those cases russell wilson seattle's making it clear to other teams hey we're not really interested in moving him at all there might be a price that we're willing to uh to discuss, but that price is going to be so high, you're not going to be wanting to discuss it. Whereas, like with Chris Ballard, you know, Carson Wentz is, you know, a decent quarterback, but they had a terrible close to their season. It sounds like in that case, 
they may be moving on from Carson Wentz even though they don't even have a first-round pick like Washington does. So how do they then solve their problem? What is It's a very interesting domino effect around the league taking place that we won't really truly see how it unfolds until we get uh, a little bit further down the road. And we'll have plenty of time to discuss that, the draft, and a lot more. Uh, but for right now, let me get to it. Here's my conversation with Logan Paulson. Then we'll get to Nikki Javala. All that and more here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, as promised, joining me here from Radio Row at the Combine, he is uh, Logan Paulson, who, of course, you all know, former Washington tight end, now turned uh, go-to analyst for all things about this team. You were just telling me this is your first Combine experience. I, I, my, my sense is you are smitten. Or, or, am I right on that? Well, 1,000%. I mean, this is like one of the key elements of an offseason, right? You get to kind of not, not start your evaluation, but kind of start fleshing out some of those measurables, things that you don't have or you only have access to because of this event. So I'm really excited. You know, just kind of it's fun. I love the draft. I love this whole offseason process. It's an opportunity for your team, whoever you are, to get better. And that's always super exciting. Change and innovation and new stuff is always fun. Now, I know like during the season, you're a guy that a lot of people go to for the X's and O's of mm-hmm. it all. I, I always view the game from the view of the front office and general manager. Yeah. Like, how do you build a roster? Yeah. Do you? It sounds like you're kind of like also like the, it's not just for you the what's happening on the field it's okay how do we put the team together so what about this do you kind of what about the offseason that kind of intrigues you about all this process well I think one of the things that I find most interesting is just kind of the difference of opinion that I seem to have between my own evaluation of the roster and you know Ron Rivera and and Martin and I think one of the things that I think is like they seem to be very content in terms of what the roster looks like right now to kind of bring everybody back but I always think you need to make sure that you're adding pieces, right? So I would like to see them add a big play wide receiver. And I understand Curtis Samuel's here, but he was hurt. And in my estimation, my evaluation, he's probably better as a three, kind of your jet sweep gadget guy, screen guy. Can you get like a Traylon Burks or, you know, Drake London or somebody like that that's going to change the complexion of this offense, make you much more appetizing towards different free agent quarterbacks or even if you have a young guy, someone to support that. So I think that's something that um, I think is different. Also, I think I'm probably in the minority here, but I think you add a rotational pass rusher. This is a great year to do that. Very deep edge rusher class. So, again, those are things that I, I see that I, I would like them to take steps on, and um, I think I might be disappointed if they don't. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot, lot, lot to go, and I'll lose my train of thought, shockingly. Anybody who listens to me, to me knows this. You mentioned receiver. I always find this to be a fascinating discussion. So, on the one hand, you look at, like, whenever we talk about the core positions on your team, quarterback, pass rusher, yeah. left tackle, right. cornerback, Wide receiver, it feels like, has moved up the list over the years because of this, the emphasis on the passing game. And yet, if you have a legitimate quarterback, it doesn't feel to me you need to invest massively. You need to have like at least the one stud. But you don't have to go too high after that, per se, because the quarterback will, in theory, make guys better. On the other hand, right now, Washington doesn't have an obvious quarterback. And if we could read the tea leaves, they may have to get for that sort of lower tier, thus adding more playmakers to help that guy is huge but then how much do you spend if you give Terry McLaurin an extension I'm with you on Samuel he's a he's a slot guy yeah. not so how do you do you start to spend too much on on this position but it's, yeah. it's hard to know it's a fantastic question I think that's one of the reasons I tend to lean towards drafting a quarterback because of the financial incentive right obviously when you are drafting a quarterback you get them locked in at a, a relatively low cap number for an extended period of time like for the TV show I did this uh, kind of analysis of the last 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and the percentage of the cap they took up. The only guys above 10 are guys like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and 
the interesting thing is that all those other teams that won Super Bowls did it with a, a quarterback on the rookie deal, right? They they were able to build around Patrick Mahomes, build around um, you know Carson Wentz, build around all these different guys that were were young players, flesh out the receiving groups, flesh out the playmaking groups, build defensive depth, and that's important in the NFL. Depth is important, and when you give that 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 forty million dollars to Derek Carr, that forty five million dollars to Russell Wilson you limit your ability to kind of keep the depth on your roster and it makes it really hard to be successful. So I might be in the minority here, but I would prefer kind of a bridge guy to a young guy because then you get all the financial benefit of that young player and you can really get those playmakers like we talked about. And again, that's that, that might be a convergence of opinion, like a difference of opinion from the staff here. But again, like that's my philosophy. And if I was GM of the team, that's what I'd be looking to do. Again, that's challenging this year because of kind of the weak quarterback class. I mean, uh, just calling it what it is. It's not the best quarterback class we've ever seen. So I understand that there's a little bit of uh, difficulty with that. Yeah, I mean, last year, and to your point, it was almost they had the reverse last year. If they could have somehow gotten the bigger main quarterback, all their better players are on rookie deals. Yeah. Chase Young, yeah. uh, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. So it's almost the opposite. Yeah. But obviously they couldn't get that guy, and as we, as you're saying, it, who knows if Russell Wilson or Rodgers would be available? And yeah. if they were, would they come here? We've yeah. all talked about this, et cetera. But let's talk about the rookies. Yeah. We're, we're all here. Uh, I'm sure you've looked at the tape on these guys. Yeah. We just got to watch some of them yep. up mm-hmm. there. So from that, we're here at the combine. You watch the podiums. So it's about as close as you're going to get. I yeah. assume to an interview. Yeah. Who stood out to you as you're kind of watching them up there? You know, it's really interesting. Everyone kind of has a different way at the mic, right? And you look for things that kind of translate to good leadership qualities. And you're extrapolating majorly here, right? Because you don't get to talk to them. You don't get the X's and O's. But a guy that was pretty impressive, uh, quite frankly, was was Ritter. Desmond Ritter did a really nice job. He just seems to have a nice presence about him. He talks and thinks in a football kind of manner when answering questions. Kenny Pickett, kind of, uh, you know, a little different body language, kind of in, inverted a little bit, just kind of almost shying away from the attention, which obviously different strokes for different folks. And uh, there have been guys who've been very successful in that in that space with that kind of body language. But again, that's a little bit of a red flag because you want a leader of men at the position. And um, you know, Malik Willis again, very charismatic answered some of the questions in a way that I didn't love. You know, people said, oh, you know, people say you have a hard time learning the playbook, big knock against me. So, oh, just need to learn, study the playbook more. And it just the flippant response to this major criticism of you, I thought was a little bit um, short-sighted on his part. But, um, you know, again, like, that's kind of the fun part of this, right, is you're, you're getting data points, you're trying to get to know these athletes. Like Ron in his presser yesterday said, it's about getting to know them as well as you can to make the best and most informed decision possible. So this is a great opportunity for that. Yeah, that's interesting, the Malik Willis, the flippant thing, because yeah. I was at the Senior Bowl, and it was kind of, it was a little jarring, because normally these guys, are, they're not saying much, they're yeah. very canned responses, and he had personality, yeah. but it was almost like, wait, if we were in a different setting, yeah. it's like, oh, this guy's fun, but in this setting, you're like, oh, wait, you're a little flippant, how do we, how do we react to that, but... Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think one of the major things about that is like this is a, this is the head of your franchise, the guy that's going to be the the physical representation of this franchise for the next hopefully decade. And if he's flipping, if he's not handling his business effectively, then that's not what you want. I don't think. All right, and just to sort of tie off the quarterbacks, like you've obviously been tracking these guys. Yeah. Who do you actually like? Who do you think makes sense for this team? Yeah, I think when you watch the film, a guy that really stands out to you is Kenny Pickett. I think he's just like the most consistent of the group. Obviously, there's things you wish you see a little bit more, arm strength issues at times. But I think overall, just he's the most solid kind of easy layup of the group, right? And then uh, everyone's favorite fan favorite is Malik Willis. <clears throat> and when you watch him, you immediately see why. Dynamic arm, fast athlete, can make people miss, special in all those categories, off-platform throws. 
but again, inconsistent with his footwork and his mechanics when he's throwing the football, which lead to some inaccuracies and lead to some kind of weird decisions at times because he's not, you know, maybe understanding the protection exactly correctly, all those different things. But I think he's a guy that gets you really fired up. And, you know, it's interesting coming out of the interviews, you hear kind of a positive buzz from multiple teams about how he was on the board. Obviously, there's still that thing looming over him about not a great learner, doesn't study a ton. But maybe that is exaggerated. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, yeah, that, that's why this weekend is so fun because you get a little bit of insight into those guys. Again, a guy that's done a really nice job in terms of presenting himself to the media. Ritter did a great job. Just seems like to command the room, great leader. All those kind of little tidbits, right, mm-hmm. to build a, build a portfolio around these guys. So the, everybody right now is trying to guess what's going to happen with the veteran market. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume that none of the bigger names yeah. are available, and therefore it's the, the Mitch Trubisky who's gotten yeah. a lot of attention lately or Marcus Merritt or somebody like yeah. that. If you pair one of those guys, pick whichever one you want, yeah. with a rookie, do you like the, say, Trubisky pick at 11 and Heineke? Do you prefer, if it's Trubisky, Desmond Ritter, maybe he's available in yeah. the second round? Like, What would your plan be at this point? Yeah, I think that that's an excellent question. The guy that I love, and obviously he's coming off injury, so it's not a perfect situation, is um, is uh, Winston. You know, I think he did a really nice job. I thought Sean Payton did a nice job of bringing in some of that crazy turnover variance, you know, and kind of keeping it nice and tight because he does. He does a great job with his eyes, manipulating defenses. I think he's a good leader. This guys seem to respond to him, and he's a perfect bridge guy because I think he can win you some football games. I think you bring a guy in like Malik Willis, you know, in, with that first pick. So everyone says, oh, we, you, you go bridge to somebody else. No, bridge, quarterback, and then if you got to draft a quarterback next year, do it again. Trade the guy from this year, do it again. And that's, I think, going to be the situation. You know, like just the, the, the cost of a quarterback in the first round is such that you can do that now. Before it was prohibitive, now it's not anymore. So just keep doing it until you find somebody and then build around that person when you think it's the right guy. Logan, I appreciate the time. You've got Chick-fil-A waiting for you. Yes. I don't want to hold you up, so I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate the time. All right. Joining me as promised, she is the Washington Post in uh, Commander's Insider. I can't. I still don't know what the name of this team is. She is uh, Nikki Jabala. This is Nikki. I'm just going to warn people up front. This is going to be the lowest energy podcast ever. We are both exhausted. We are sitting on a couch. And only because we are going to be talking are we not both going to be falling asleep. Is that a fair assessment of the situation? That is correct. You are keeping me from my nap, but I am happy to oblige. <laughs> uh, if, if I hold up, I'm holding up one hand. Combined, did we sleep the, uh, five hours last night? I'm going to say no based on I know what I did because I slept like two. Yeah, I'm more in the two range, and I was also in the two range the night before. But I, I would like to think it's all been worth it. And... It's been fun. Oh, yeah. It's not I'm like, just it, too it, old. I'm very old. That's what it's called. Okay. Well, if, the, if you're old, then I'm literally decrepit. But uh, also, I, though I am not drinking uh, Starbucks with, like, nitro. Uh, and it's still few. not helping. I'm going to have to, like, up it to, like, seven shots. Okay. Well, this is between it's you and. It's going to be, like, sludge, basically. Yeah. This is between you and your doctor and, you know, your whoever does your EKGs. Um but look, yes, it, look, this is fun. We are here at the Combine. We are talking on Wednesday afternoon. We are done now with the Washington portion of this. Effectively, Ron Rivera spoke yesterday, Martin Mayhew today. Uh, the, the players have started today. We had the rookie quarterbacks talk, and maybe we can get to that a, a, as well. Um, I, I do want to start, though, with what the two principals from the organization had to, had to say about different topics. And honestly, what I'm most interested in, and I don't know if the listeners are, to me, it's the presentation that was most interesting because we've heard Ron Rivera give some version of the stump speech now a hundred times to me, to you, to, to anybody who will who he does an interview with. And we've heard the same reasons as to why they're an attractive 
place for a quarterback, that they are really trying to get one and all those things. And that's fine. But Martin Mayhew talked today, and it was the first time I think we've heard from Mayhew went out without Ron Rivera sitting next to him, essentially. I thought he was really uh, good today. And, like, it's not like I now know their plan or we have an idea exactly what they're going to do at quarterback or whether Landon Collins will be on this team or if Terry McLaurin's getting an extension. But I just appreciated sort of a different approach. Maybe, maybe it was just a different voice talking about this team because we typically only hear from Ron. And I just thought that alone was interesting. Yeah, I feel like Ron kind of always gives us the sales pitch that he hopes other teams will hear or see. And and Martin just gave us more direct answers. You know, he, he couldn't answer everything. I think we all kind of understand the game within the game here. Um, but he gave us, you know, a little bit of clarity on, on what their thinking is and some of their priorities. And obviously it begins and ends with quarterback, but also, you know, how that that position and, and this situation they're in now kind of um, shapes how everything else they're going to uh, try to do in terms of free agency and keeping their own guys, um, which I thought was interesting. I did not necessarily anticipate that. You know, there's been there's been talk, and I've you know I've reported some, you've reported some, others have too on kind of the status of, of some of their own free agents from J.D. McKissick, DeAndre Carter. Cam Sims kind of reemerged in the picture during all this. Um, and Bobby McCain and kind of, you know, their their desire to keep them. And some of them, in my mind, they felt like I viewed them as deals you could, you could get done no matter what because they're not that, you know, bank-breaking, bank you know, it's not that huge money. Um, but in talking to Martin, he, he seemed to indicate that it starts with a quarterback and then we'll figure everything else out. So that could have some significant implications for the rest of the roster. Right. I mean, that's the thing that is so interesting. Like we're all talking about the specific people. Can they get one of the star quarterbacks? I suspect I'm speaking for both of you when I say, I don't think anything has changed or the view that none of those guys are going to likely to be free. We'll see Aaron Rodgers could do anything crazy or Russell Wilson. And then there's the debate whether they would even come here, but then there's the next level. I think we all assume Jimmy Garoppolo will become available, but we'll see what the price for him is. And then it's the Mitch Trubisky's and the Marcus Mariota's, and then there's the rookie class and so on. But the difference in price between a guy who's expensive and a guy that's not changes the whole landscape because you have the money to then go out and add a playmaker on offense or a high-priced middle linebacker or something. Mm-hmm. If you go the Trubisky, mean, that's the part like we don't even discuss too much is it isn't just a, a – uh, you, you need the quarterback. It's not just, though, Garoppolo. It is Garoppolo, and your middle linebacker is somebody who's kind of lesser than right. versus Trubisky, a rookie, and maybe you can spend more money on that guy. All these things are interesting. It is why it's hard to, to, to play out. It's also where I'm like, okay, could this quarterback market hurry up already? Right. Could, could Aaron Rodgers just go right. on Pat McAfee's show and just get this over with? Let everybody, just tell everybody where we're at. Russell Wilson, where are we at? And just get over this thing because I, I am getting tired of this. <laughs> I mean, just the, the whole Pat McAfee show just kind of kills me, too. It's just... Um, you know. If you'd like to be Nikki TV critic, go ahead, or, or, or in, no, internet critic, go ahead. It just seems weird that he's become the mouthpiece for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it's, you know, it's working out for him, so kudos to him. Um, so what do you think, though, at this point? Like, do you, th- do you like, has anything... We're only few days here technically yeah. the combine will go on for the rest of the week and, and who knows what other reports and rumors will come out but right now has anything in your opinion changed not just from what washington has said 
all the teams have spoken. We right. heard from Pete Carroll. We heard right. from Chris Boward on Carson Wentz. We heard from the Cardinals brass on Kyler Murray. And we heard from Brian Gutenquist on Rodgers. Anything in your mind changed from where it was before you got here? No, not really. I mean, I think Russell Wilson will still be in Seattle. I think Aaron Rodgers will still be in Green Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo will be on a new team. Which one, not quite sure, but it could happen pretty soon, I would imagine. Sure. Um, Carson Wentz is probably going to get cut. <laughs> um, who are the others? Mitchell Trubisky. He'll be on a new team somewhere. Um who are, that's pretty much Kyler Murray will still be in Arizona. I mean, you have Derek Carr, you have Matt Ryan, like all these people got yeah. some. I mean, it's amazing. Like the Athletic has our basic our whole contingent here. <laughs> the amount of our of our writers who are all in some form of quarterback yeah. discussion, it's just ridiculous. At least like a third of us, or, or maybe more, because it's either you got guys who might leave, or you're like, oh, please, please, could you get us a quarterback? Right. The one the one that's still a wild card to me is Deshaun Watson because. I, I feel like everybody's waiting for some sort of clarity on his civil cases um, stemming from the allegations of sexual misconduct. And it, it, it's still not really clear when there will be clarity. And then the other piece of that is what will the NFL do or not do depending on that outcome. So you have, you have no idea really if, if he'd even be available to play next year and you look at his contract and that would be a massive gamble to take. But... If he is cleared to play, you got your franchise quarterback right there. Um, but, you know, again, it's, you know, is he somebody who would be interested in Washington? Would he have any leverage over where he goes if cleared? There's just, there's a lot of uncertainty over him. I feel like there's more clarity around the the, the other quarterbacks. But we'll see. I mean, it's, it's still two weeks. A lot can happen in two weeks before the start of the league year. And you can agree to trades now. You can illegally agree to other things, <laughs> but nothing can be set until, until what, March 16th? Right. So. March 16th, everything becomes official or starts to become mm-hmm. official. Um, let's, let's just sort of put a capper on the veteran stuff with this. If we take away the veterans, the, the, the high-profile guys, and we just kind of assume that that's not – those guys are just not going to spring free or mm-hmm. they just don't come here and we're, or we're at the – the, the, the other level. Have you talked yourself into any of these other guys? I've been talking about Trubisky for a while, and it's weird to me how when I first brought it up, I was like, Yo, get out of here. And now it's become like the general narrative that that's the guy coming here. And I do think there's something to it, but it's probably still early. Is there anything for you, any any guy that you were like, whether, regardless of whether you heard it or not, but just, yeah. okay, if, if Washington's got to go down that route, that guy. No, I mean, I, I, I thought Trubisky was a name that... And I, I say makes sense not because I agree that he should be the answer, but makes sense in terms of the team's thinking. So, yeah, no, I, I've thought for a long time that that would be a name that would come up because of the Buffalo connection and certainly the recommendation of um, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, but also the type of quarterback he is um, and, and what they, they look for in Scott Turner's system. Now, is he – an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, I, I don't think you can definitively say that at this point. Um, you know, I mean, he, he helped the Bears to the playoffs, but, you know, I, I think you could probably get some more downfield shots, but um, I, I don't 
I don't know that he's a clear upgrade in it, and that's going to come with significant disappointment in the fan base. So you know? to the point of Martin Mayhew's clarity, again, like even just yesterday, Ron Never said we have four paths to consider including on the roster. Mm-hmm. Martin Mayhew today, unprompted, says, hey, look, Taylor Heineke, great guy. Great players like him. He did really well for us well, last and year. Well, then he, then, he, then he referred to him as we have – we said – Sorry. We have a number two. Yeah, we have a number two. And, like, don't underestimate what a a good backup quarterback is. I mean, especially in Washington. Shoot, if any fan base should know. Um, But that's how they view Taylor Heineke. And they've made that much clear. But, you know, you do start to see how the tone has shifted from we're going to take big swings, this is the year to make the leap, to, all right, maybe we should temper expectations a little bit. And... You know, you have to. 100, 100. Uh, yeah, I think they, you know, maybe they should have tempered expectations earlier, but the reality has not changed at all. Like, you know, it's they can say whatever they want, but like, nothing really has changed since January. Yeah. Except I, Tom Brady retiring. Right, <laughs> right. And I agree, and that's why, like, you know, uh, I, I don't I'm not mention this just to like talk about my article but when i wrote about garoppolo a month ago it wasn't because i cared about garoppolo it was because i was tired of like hearing everybody shooting for the moon i'm like yeah here's where the moon really is it's over here if you're lucky you have a shot at that guy that's the bar don't stop doing it the other way um but lastly on this on uh, with i think the thing if you can't get a a big guy going with a trubisky who does have some upside still he's a relatively young guy He's had some moderate, some success. It, it fell apart, and, and with the Bears, we can debate whether that's coaching staff or whatever. But you're taking a shot with him becoming a Ryan Tannehill, and if you draft a quarterback at 11 or maybe a Desmond Ritter in the second round, you're taking another shot. Last year, they effectively took no shots at a long-term deal because they signed a 38-year-old and had two guys who were, you know, had been around and didn't much. So taking two shots is not nothing. It's just not necessarily the most exciting. But that brings us to the rookies and why we're actually here, sort of. Uh, we we heard them talk today. Um, I heard some of these guys talk at the Senior Bowl, and for you, it was the, the first chance to hear some of them in person. Um, what was your impression of that aspect of it, and do you did you fall in love with any one of those guys? No. Um, I'm going to sound like a total cynic here. No. But I find... Are you, are you sure? This is a narrative twist right here. Okay. I believe the NFL Combine has become such a TV production um, that everything has become formulaic so every year the players say the same thing coaches give the same vague answers and it's everybody's kind of trained to go through these motions um i mean even the workouts i mean guys seem to be doing less and less and i i mean i can't fault them um so i just feel like the value and significance over what is said how their performance sure it's some of it's still there but you know, I think a lot of guys just their personality gets lost be, in, in some of this. The the one I did really appreciate was Malik Willis did really seem natural and like himself, and he didn't he did not put on any airs. He did not seem like he was just giving the trained answer. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett seemed very polished to me. He it looks like I'm looking at Justin Herbert, but that's mainly because of the hair. Um, but you know, just in just in what we've seen of their play style, their talent, their production at the college level and at their respective colleges, which is you also have to factor in, 
I just don't know that, you know, any of them really jump out to me. I mean, granted, I am not a, I'm not a solid evaluator, you know. Um, I, th- I thought, you know, Justin Herbert was, you know, no way he's going to make it. So take my opinion for a grain of salt. Um, but no, nobody really jumped out at me. And that's, that's the problem with a lot of this is, you know, you get these guys and and they got to talk in front of, you know, there's got to be 30 to 100 people they're looking out into in a whole room of cameras. I mean, I think any one of us in that position, like I, I'd be calculated with every word I say, you know. Sure. Um, so I, I think it's very hard to kind of get a natural feel for for who these kids are, and they are kids. Um, and that's why, like, the interviews are important and Rivera right. has emphasized, and so have other people, maybe as Pete Carroll or John Lynch or somebody else, Martin Mayhew, the same, that getting to see these guys in person and how they how they react, not just what their answers, the words are, but the body language, that is important. And that's the, the closer to the real person. What we're getting is the the fake thing. Right. You know, but the, right. what they're getting in person is, is what's going to matter the most. And it is probably, other than maybe the medicals, the most important right. part of this whole um of this whole thing. Um, all right, we, we're not, not going to talk about other positions. At this point, only the quarterbacks and, like, I guess the receivers and tight ends have talked. And I don't know about you, I didn't listen to any receivers and tight ends. It was quarterback, and then I had other work to do. So, if, you know, if Washington we'll, – we'll, we'll talk more about that later on the podcast, but yep. not much to say there. Let's go through some other stuff really quick. You mentioned before free agents. So they signed, they signed Charles Leno back in December, but Bobby McCain, J.D. McKissick, these guys are still mm-hmm. out there. Um, the – Martin Mayhew today basically just confirmed that they're gonna they're gonna test free agency. They're gonna these guys are gonna get to. Well, I so I I actually circle back with him to to kind of get clarification on this. I think what he was trying to say is, it starts with the quarterback. So if they can get this quarterback situation settled or have some clarity, meaning they would you know agree to trade for somebody basically because that's all you can do before the start of the season. Um, then they could, they would still have a chance to kind of get these deals done before the start of free agency, but they want to get this quarterback piece done first. So if, if they don't get that done before, um, free agency opens and yeah, those guys would test the market. Now my, my confusion still is, you know, these are, these are, these would appear to be lesser deals. Like why are, why are they? contingent upon the quarterback and right. they got a lot of moving parts i get it but you know do you want to lose jd mckissick right that's what i'm saying like i don't i'm not doubting what anybody's saying but like it doesn't make any logical sense you, whether it's paying 25 million for garoppolo or more yeah whatever jd mckissick is going to get is not going to right. be an alter movie you're really not going to sign your third down pass catching running back because you got that guy right i don't buy that i it just feels like almost like also let's look it from the player side Right. Once you get past the season, what's your incentive to sign? Unless Washington is coming at you with a really better offer you think you can get out there. Right. I know there are teams that are interested in McKissick. I don't know about McCain's stats, but I imagine somebody would be willing. What, what's your incentive as the player to sign at right. that point unless the team is offering you money, which actually connects with the Terry McLaurin situation. Uh, there's still no – they're going to talk to the agent this week on that kind of stuff. Great. This is the thing. If they don't get a deal done, and I'm not saying they wouldn't, but if they don't, the second he gets past the end of next season, he's going to free agency. And that, that, that and that's 
Well, right. But I mean, that's where we're at, though. You, right. you can't. You if you let a player get past the season, there's no real reason for that guy right. to to to, and there, to sign. And there's a risk there, I suppose. But I think you know, the dollar amount fixes anything ultimately. Um, I think with with Terry, I know that's kind of been that's been a huge storyline, but I think it is too early to discuss Harry and they haven't had any substantial talks yet because they shouldn't, they don't know what their quarterback situation is. And if I were Terry, I would want to know that before agreeing to anything. Now that's, that said, once you get that done, I, I, I would think that should be a priority in the off season. Um, you know, even if you have somebody that you would consider a bridge quarterback, because Terry is, Terry, at that point, would still be the face of your franchise, and he will be one of the faces even if you get a franchise quarterback. And if you're not going to pay a guy like him, then who are you going to pay? You know, he is the... Did you enjoy it? The, the, he's the model player. You know, he's respected by guys in the locker room. He's improved every year. I mean, he is what you look for no matter the position. Um, but I think also this is the type of deal where the quarterback does matter, not just in terms of his perspective, the money. Because because if you're yeah. if you're Terry McLaurin side, you're looking at hey, you guys offer Amari Cooper a hundred and something million exactly. dollars. Yeah. Now this is huge money. Right. So you got to know, are you spending thirty million on a quarterback, or are you spending eight? No, absolutely. So like right now, it is they there should not be like substantial talks about a deal for Terry because they don't they don't know what they can offer they don't know what they have yet it's 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 too early for both sides is what i'm saying but once they have that piece for the season in place then i think terry should be the focus and i think one it speaks volumes if you reward a player like that and get it done and not let it drag up until the very end to where you know negotiations stall and both sides get bitter and what's the point of that why do that to like you know, I, I never understood the point of that. But like what you were saying, you know, if nothing gets done before the season, you know, I, I would imagine that the agent for Terry would say, no, we're not talking at all during the season, you know, and he's going to hit free agency. However, if a team comes back with a really solid deal in the middle of the season, he'd probably take it. So I think both sides are... You know, ultimately money talks. That's what this is about. Ultimately money talks. And he's probably one guy that re- warrants, you know, that sort of max deal for that position. Absolutely. Um, let's go Landon Collins quickly. Uh, you asked the important question today, which is not just is he going to be back. Is he going to be back on the contract that he has? So roughly it's he's, he, he's on the books as a cap hit for like over $16 million. Mm-hmm. If released, it would be, I think, o- over $9 million hit, which is... Mm-hmm. Like a six million dollars savings or something. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's not, it's it, it, that's something, but it's also yeah. you're saving money. And I think the larger point is, and I tried to, I think that I asked this to some, I don't even know, I can't remember anymore. But like basically, if you get, I think I asked Ron this, if you get a Mike linebacker, as he's talking about, and you still have right. Jamie Davis and Cole Holcomb, well, I don't understand what the role Landon Collins is. So to me, it isn't just right. the money. It's like, can you justify paying him for whatever this role is going to be at a decent money? Therefore, I guess my question is. What's your? I, I wrote the other day. For me, I basically am just gonna say release him. I get that they think he's important, but I right. the, the whole combination of the money and the role makes me question why it makes sense. What's your What's your read right now? I to me, I think it maybe in part depends on what they feel they can do at linebacker because you know you assume John Bostick's not coming back, 
they kind of have the group that they had at the end of the last season. And if you don't feel Jamin Davis, who's who's your you're thin there anyway, and you don't have a clear mic, but um, you know he is. He is a respected guy in the locker room, and he did play well at that position. But yeah, it, it's too. The salary doesn't match the position at that point. Um, but when you're talking about restructuring at that point, it, it's it's a pay cut. You know, it's he has what three years left. I mean, you need to get that cap charge down. You can't push it all in, unless you're going to tack on like three voidable years. But yeah, and I, I do, will he be open to that? It it didn't seem like he would be. If he was that prideful about it, you can't even call him a non-safety. I just don't know he's taking yeah. a pay cut. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends on what he views his market as being as a safety. Right. I would argue that. I don't know. I I would I would. I can't imagine it would be massive. Um, but I don't know. That's it's. it's that that one could get interesting. Like it, and I what I'm curious about is even if they even like, how much discussion there will be about, you know, a pay cut or restructure of some sort, or if it's, you know, we're just gonna release you, or we'll try to trade you, that type of thing. Right. Um. Yeah. For sure. Um. I, Brandon Sheriff. We don't have to get into this. He's. I still don't believe he's coming back. But Martin May, who did walk back. Some of his comments at the end of the year that kind of was like, "Hey, it's not us, it's them." In terms of what's gone mm-hmm. stalled here, he said he eh, probably should have. He probably aired discussing things publicly, but he kind of felt the narrative was mis- being misinterpreted. Misinterpreted that they were, meaning Washington, um, was the one sort of screwing this up. And he was like, eh, "No," but that said, he felt compelled to say something today. Fine, either way, I don't think he's coming back. Uh, but I just thought that was worth uh, noting. Um, anything else? I, well, oh. hold on, Brandon oh. Sheriff, like his. His his comment way back when he, when he said you know we did offer him the highest to be the highest paid guard in the league well a he already is on the tag b you know NFL contracts are inflated so it only matters like what are the guarantees he didn't mention the guarantees right. and if you're a player like the total value doesn't matter so they can say that but from the player's perspective it's a it's a kind of a fake value you know so. He's not being fully transparent there either, sure. you know, and we don't hear necessarily from sheriff's camp. So neither <laughs> side is really, I mean. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I just, I appreciated his answer, but either way, I don't think that situation is uh, yeah, changing. I, yeah. um, I have one last question, but anything else of note for you out of these couple of days? Either something Rivera said, Mayhew said, a player said. Uh, anything league related? You're, you've been writing some league stuff. We did hear from. I, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought Monday. Uh, what's that? No, I thought Tuesdays. The first day was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people spoke. Not a lot was said about the quarterbacks. Right. I think today was a little better with mm-hmm. the Seattle side, basically saying, "Look, we tell teams Russell Wilson's not getting traded," mm-hmm. um, and you know John Lynch was saying, "Hey, we, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a shoulder surgery. We're concerned about Jimmy. We hope he's okay." But he's probably going to be somewhere else. Yeah. But you know that, yeah. that's fair. But anything else for you, either with this team or um, anything else that was that, that that's weighing on your mind? Not. I'm trying to think. Really it's a, it's a terrible part of podcast. You should never just like ask the open-ended question, right? You should just you should have a definitive question. All right. So so we'll go we'll go this. Um, part of the big here scene at the combine though isn't what everything we just discussed. It isn't just the podiums. It isn't just the talking to the coach in the gym. It is also the social stuff and the mm-hmm. social stuff is like there's 
were out and about, but so are the coaches and the agents and other people around around the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are an intrepid reporter, so this is a great opportunity to go and talk to people. Do you like I, do you like this aspect of it, or how would you describe this aspect of 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 that that like fans get they'll get to see, but it is a crucial mm-hmm. part of why everybody's actually kind of here. I I think I appreciate it more now, just you know, with the pandemic and having to deal with Zoom. Absolutely. And, so, you know, just everything being back in person, getting to be able to, like, get to know people that I'm actually covering, that I really, really enjoy. I've never, I mean, I'm boring. I've never been one to, like, go out and, like, do the whole, like, I don't love that scene. <laughs> but I like getting to talk to these people in person and getting to know them and just on a a, a person-to-person level instead of a person-to-computer level. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's valuable, and it, it, it started to feel like a lot of that was getting lost. Like, it felt like more walls were being put up between media and players, media and coaches. So that part has been really refreshing. Um, but, yeah, this is one of those events where it's, it is a grind um, because it's, like, a week long of nonstop moving and talking to people and writing and, I mean, I, I love that, though. I'm exhausted, but I, I love it. No, you, you're the ultimate workaholic, and I say that with, with appreciation. And like when we said before at the top that we didn't sleep, neither one of us got drunk last night or anything like that. It was literally the day starts at noon, the podiums begin. It was George Payton, the Broncos mm-hmm. GM. It, that went for a while. Ron Rivera spoke late in the day. We both, you, know, you had to write. I had a, a company event to deal with, and then... This other stuff, yes, it is a social thing, but it is to a degree work. You're not mm-hmm. just there to have fun. I mean, some people maybe to have fun, kick back, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It is part of the gig, and everybody understands that, and that keeps going. And then right. that goes late, and you know, and you know, and, and that's what makes it interesting. People have written a couple articles in recent years about what the social scene is like. You can go find those on the internet. And they're, they're, they're interesting to a degree, but. Um, that that is kind of what makes this yeah. interesting is like well because the networking part of it is so big you know so like yeah you do need to go out and meet people and have them get to know you that's how you build the trust because that's how a lot of the news gets cycled through so it's a huge part of it and yeah if that means you get two hours of sleep for a week well good luck <laughs> it's gonna how I feel it's you know you're just gonna make it through but there you go. Um, well, Nikki, I always appreciate it. Uh, you got anything that we need to know about your writing uh, coming up, or uh, what? What you? What um, you, you? I mean, we, we've written about the quarterbacks, but I liked your story the other day um, because it wasn't just about what are the options; it was about the um, how hard it is to find it. Like, what are you looking for mm-hmm. in that quarterback? So I'll go tell everybody to check that out on the Washington Post. Uh, go follow you on Twitter at Nikki Javala. I'm not gonna spell. People know how to spell your name at this point, right? Yeah. 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 The yeah. Nikki, the J-H name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're fine. Find it. Yeah, you're fine. Um, always appreciate it. I appreciate it. This is fun. Thank you. All right. Many thanks to Logan Paulson and Nikki Jabvala for their time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast. I forgot to mention at the top, but there were some nice fans who reached out to me while I was uh, here this week. They saw me walking around, stopped me, said hello. We talked about the team. Uh, we talked about the, the podcast, whatever it was. I really appreciate everybody's uh, everybody for doing that and everybody's support, of course, throughout um, throughout this offseason, throughout the season. It is a lot of fun, more fun to be had as we get closer 
to free agency and the draft. But that's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya.